Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, before Jesus left this earth, he commanded his followers to interact with people, to make disciples. And now depending on your personality type, this may sound really exciting or really terrifying. But despite our natural disposition towards sharing our faith with other people, what we have the chance to remember today is that all the work of salvation rests on Jesus. He does all the heavy lifting. He just calls us to put the weight on the bar. So today, Pastor Nate is going to take us to a story in the Bible that shows us the supernatural work God does as we step out in obedience to share our faith and make disciples. Just getting people to interact with the Bible and then being available to explain you know, what they're reading from your vantage point as best you understand is really helpful. You don't have to say like, so believe right now, you know, but to just say like, well, okay, that's what you read. This is what we think that means. And then just see how it hits them. Nate, have you ever done any street witnessing before? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here in Monterey. Yeah. How'd that go? When was that? Years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Not well. I don't how do you how do you how That's can a weird tell? question to ask. Yeah, how can yeah, you like, tell? I guess how can it, you tell? I stayed out for the time I wanted to be out there and had some interesting yeah. conversations. Yeah, you just you know, sometimes you have great conversations, sometimes you think they're great, but who knows? Sometimes you <laughs> you have conversations that are bad and they're not <laughs> you know, actually right? bad. It they're may. actually good. You know, That's years later too. the Lord uses them. Like you just have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty true. interesting though, street witnessing. <laughs> yeah, I I I did I've done it here, you know, in Monterey. But then when I was in Bible college, you know, we'd go and to Oceanside or oh, San cool. Diego, different places, yeah, yeah. and do some street witnessing. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, it's just people are so like nervous about you. Oh you yeah, because you're just cold calling. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know some people do the like table thing where they have like a little table. Hey, can oh, I talk yeah. with you for a second? You know, that's a nice mm-hmm. little strategy. But uh, we never did that. It was always like just like guerrilla warfare. <laughs> you know, like you're just cruising through the streets like. Hey, what's up? Can I tell you about Christ? (laughs) Well, okay. I'm just trying to eat my Euro right now, but whatever. Oh, man. I did a little bit in high school. It was like, like you said, it was pretty exhilarating, but pretty terrifying. And yeah, a mixture of all kinds of things. I asked because we're looking at at this guy, Philip, who I feel like had just like the dream scenario when it comes to (laughs) witnessing outside of like a temple or church scenario. It's just like just found this dude who was already so looking at true. scripture and just like, can you help me figure this out? And he's just like, well, thanks for setting me up, man. I don't have to convince you of anything. This would be like the street, the, the street witnessing equivalent of this would be just instead of street witnessing, mm-hmm. like just going to your favorite coffee shop, just sitting there having a cup of coffee and yeah. having somebody come up to you with their Bible open, sit down and say, I'm pretty much ready to become a Christian right now. Can you walk me through this? Can you be the one who helps me with that? (laughs) You're like, uh, sure. What's the catch? (laughs) Oh man. I just love this story. It's so cool to see how God is working in people's lives, even when we don't expect it and how God wants to use us to help Mm -hmm. people lead them to Christ. Um, for those of us who don't know the story of Philip and this Ethiopian man, um, the eunuch. You're going to retell it? 
<laughs> I was hoping you could retell it to us. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Give us like a glimpse. What was like I feel the... like you're leaning on me a little heavily what are the for the footnotes this podcast, for this Riley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Philip uh was one of the first deacons in the church. All right. Don't quote me on that though, because <laughs> the reason I say that is because some people think that in Acts chapter 6 when they pick seven people to take care of the daily distribution seven men who were full of the holy spirit and wisdom uh the 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 apostles said do that because we shouldn't leave the word of god to serve tables and that Mm -hmm. word serve is the same word that we derive the word deacons from later in the new testament so some people think that those were the first deacons but because the pastoral epistles weren't written till many years later and the church hadn't yet really kind of taken organizational shape mm-hmm. at that point in Acts chapter 6, some other people say, no, man, the deacons weren't even a thing yet. They were serving, huh. and this might be like the first example of a deacon-like role in the church, but those weren't really the first deacons. Okay. Whatever. I think they were the first deacons. Okay, so... Stephen was one, Philip was one mm-hmm. of those seven. Stephen preached in Acts chapter 7. They stoned him to death. Big persecution unfolded. Mm-hmm. Everybody ran for their lives. The apostles generally seemed to be untouchable, so they were able to stay in Jerusalem, but all the other Christians had to run away, including mm-hmm. the deacons yeah. or and, and Philip being one of them. So he goes down to Samaria. Uh, which was north, but down in elevation from Jerusalem. And he starts telling people about Jesus. Yeah. And it just goes nuts. The Holy (laughs) Spirit's just doing stuff. People are getting healed. He has this like epic battle with the town sorcerer. I mean, it's just, it's wild. (laughs) So the apostles hear about it up in Jerusalem and they think, well, we should go check this out because this is the first time the that it's really the gospel's really taking root in another community without the apostles being part of things Uh, so Hmm. peter and john go down there peter has another tussle with the sorcerer but things are just going really well in samaria and in the midst of this full-blown samaritan revival it's not really a revival because they've never been Christians before, so they're just <laughs> vibing for yeah. the first time. You know, they're coming to life. Um, in the midst of that, an angel of the Lord says to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This, and then Luke says, his little editorial comment mm-hmm. is, this is a desert place. Yeah. <laughs> so so I love it because what you have is you have this situation where this guy is presiding over this massive revival in Samaria. Mm-hmm. And then God says, hey, I want you to leave it. And I want you to go down into the wilderness. Yeah. This road. There's nothing down there, but I have something for you. Mm. Will you obey me? So Philip, you want me to keep telling the story, Let's right? Go, okay. Yeah. He goes down into the wilderness and there is a man who's from Ethiopia. He's a eunuch. He works for Queen Candace down in Mm -hmm. Ethiopia. And he is in his chariot. So he's riding in luxury to go back Mm -hmm. home. He'd come from Jerusalem. He had been up there in the temple. And he's in his chariot. And Philip goes up to him. And he can tell he's reading the book of Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And... Philip approaches him and says, hey, do you know what 
do you know what that's about? Do you know what you're reading? And not only is he reading Isaiah, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) The passage, though. (laughs) He's reading Isaiah 53, which is just so blatantly and explicitly about Jesus' death and what it meant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the powerful thing because there are so many times in the Old Testament where you have Christ's death spoken of or foreshadowed um, foreshadowed in things like the whole sacrificial system yeah. spoken mm-hmm. of in places like Psalm 22, which begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken right. me? But Isaiah 53 gives you that plus the theological stuff that was actually happening yeah. during the cross. So it's mm. it's kind of like Psalm 22 and the sacrificial system, they, they would kind of be like what you'd get maybe if you read the Gospels, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what happened right. on the cross. But Isaiah 53 is like reading Romans like this, but this is like really what happened. This yeah. is the behind the scenes atonement mm-hmm. that was taking place. So he's reading that. And so Philip says, do you know what you're reading? And the guy says, <laughs> how can I? Unless I have an interpreter. <laughs> so tight. I mean, so Philip, he's like, may I? And he climbs up in the chariot and he just beginning with that scripture yeah. all throughout the Old Testament. He just rocks this guy with Jesus. Yeah. And the guy responds after a while and says, you know, here's some water over here on the side of the road. Is there anything that prohibits me from getting water baptized right now? I believe this is yeah. what he's saying. I Heck believe yeah. this. I'm in. Can I get baptized? And so they go, Philip baptizes him. And then it's kind of mysterious how it's written. I think it's like a miraculous translation. Mm. Some people think there's room for just some kind of natural movement, but it reads that Philip was then carried away to a town called Azotos. And then he just kept going until he got to Caesarea Philippi where he lived for a long time. And that the eunuch just kept going at home saved so it was this really it wasn't just that god you know cared about one person which Mm -hmm. which he does and yeah did sure but this was strategic Mm -hmm. too on god's part because you have a a very significant Mm -hmm. figure in ethiopia who gets saved and is still going down to ethiopia so this is going to help the gospel spread into that country and even today there's i think Uh, reverberations of that in Ethiopia. There's a lot of Mm. Christians in that nation. Interesting. Man, just a powerful, powerful story. I like the way you said it in the article. He was a spiritual man, uh, Philip, a spiritual man who oversaw material things in the church. He's a guy who was... Deacons. uh, A deacon. He was a deacon. (laughs) It's just so cool to see a deacon doing something like this. It's a beautiful picture of what God's church just does. Um, so the the title of the article, Nate, it's Seven Lessons from Philip's Adventure. Um, we could talk about this for a long Simulating. time. <laughs> I thought we could talk Real about... clickbait right there. I know. It's so good. The adventure word is what got me. But I think we can go through a few questions. Um, yeah, it, it would take us a long time to get through all of this, but such a great article. If you're listening to this, Nate read this article. It's on the podcast feed if you want to listen to it. Um, it's a great read as well. But let's get into this um, this one lesson that you mentioned, it says, we must obey the promptings of the Spirit. So, I mean, in order to obey the Spirit, we have to be able to hear the Spirit, know the Spirit. How did Philip know that the Spirit was leading him to talk to this man? Did he actually hear something from the Spirit? Was it like more like a feeling? Does the text say that? Yeah, what the text says is, 
an angel of the Lord said to Philip. <laughs> no mistake in it. told him what to do. So <laughs> it's very blatant. It's very yeah. clear. But when I shared this with uh, as a as a an audio teaching, mm-hmm. and then I liked it, so I decided to write an article about it. Hmm. This is what I do, man. I'm just yeah. always repurposing things, you know. So <laughs> where I taught this was yeah. at a staff chapel. We're going through the Book of Acts yeah, right. together as mm-hmm. a staff, and we got to this story, yeah. and there were these seven things that I wanted to share as lessons that stood out to me from this particular movement in the Book of Acts. Hmm. So what are you going to say? You're, you're not going to say to a group of people in modern times, so when an angel talks to you, obey that. I mean, yeah. if that happens, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <you> know, <laughs> obey. Yeah. Um, you know, but I don't think that's, that, that's, that's not, a, that's not the norm. Yeah, not the norm. Know, that's not the norm. And, and certainly, uh, I almost feel like the Lord will do less and less of that because so many danged cults yeah, have gotten man. started with hmm. false angels mm-hmm. telling them things that are contradictory to Scripture. Uh, however, whether it's you know dreams, visions, words of wisdom, prophecy, knowledge, uh, just the repeated you know thrust from God's Word as you're reading through it, there are moments where the spirit is going to prompt you Hmm. Um, it says in a little later in the story after the angel told him to go to the desert it says in verse 29 if i could read this it says and the spirit said to philip go over and join this chariot so it's like the angel directed him but then there was this moment where the spirit spoke to him to go join the chariot. And Hmm. I guess for me, as I think about that, I, you know, I don't, it doesn't say how that occurred. You know, my guess would be that it was a strong impression that Hmm. Philip sensed, you know, like I need to do that right now. I need to go overtake this chariot. And I think a lot of believers are really afraid of that. Mm, they think yeah. that the Spirit wouldn't speak to them in that kind of way. But I just don't understand that at all. Why yeah. wouldn't God mm. do that? Okay, this is what we believe happens at conversion, right? We believe that the Holy Spirit regenerates you. Mm. So you're born again. You are, Jesus said, born of the Spirit. So you're born again. You're a new creation. Mm-hmm. That means that you have a new nature, now, sometimes you don't feel that way because your body of sin is still part of you. You still have a battle between your old flesh, your body, and your new nature, the mm. true inward inner you. But the Bible teaches that the Spirit comes to live inside of you. The Bible teaches that He is the guarantee, the down payment that's that's living within you. So all that to say, I don't think you need to be some... Uh, someone who is even highly charismatic Hmm. and uh, even believing in the gifts of the spirit being for today, like I do believe in, I don't think you even need to hold that position to think that the spirit could impress something on my heart today because he's living inside of you. What do you think he's doing in there? Taking a nap till you go to heaven? Of course the spirit is going to lay things on your heart. For sure. So there will be moments. You don't need to walk around. I remember reading a Steinbeck book where they were trying mm-hmm. to figure out where water was. You know, the yeah. guy had like a stick where he's mm-hmm. looking for water. You don't need to walk around all like in tune, like, oh, 
what is the spirit trying to say right now? But it's just as you go through life, we're to be praying without ceasing, Paul mm-hmm. said in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. So there's going to be moments where as you're just going through life, you're praying, mm-hmm. you're asking God, you know, help me here, help me with that. There will be moments where you have these impressions like, I think I need to go talk to that person. I need to go introduce myself to that person. I need to go over here. I need to read this book. I need to be obedient in this area. You might hear a, a call or an invitation go out to join up with some new ministry venture. And the Lord will impress upon your heart to mm-hmm. go do that. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, Just amen, do it. Man. You know, so that, yes. that's what I was kind of uh, trying to highlight there is that there will be moments where there will be... Uh, impressions of the spirit that we should pursue. Hey, just a quick reminder that there are some new articles up on nateholdridge.com right now. This week, Pastor Nate released an article called The Unfortunate and Ugly Move from the Spirit to Flesh, which um, if you read it, you'll notice that it's a really helpful reminder about God's grace how God gives us the grace to strengthen us to avoid sin. A really helpful reminder from the book of Isaiah. And he also released an archive article uh, called A Brief Guide to Friendship, which is straight out of the book of Proverbs. And it's really just a helpful look and insight into friendship, how we can be better friends ourselves and what to look for in friendship for ourselves. So next time you open up your web browser, check out these articles or listen to them read by Pastor Nate here in the podcast feed. Let's get back to the episode. You also say that we must provide guidance in the scripture. And we talked about this already a little bit, but Philip was looking at this passage in Isaiah 53 and pointing this man straight to the cross, straight to what Jesus had done for him. Um, But for us, you know, as we're reading this story, you know, we have friends and family and us ourselves have, you know, we, we need answers. We we want to know what God wants to do in our lives. We want to know what God's word is pointing towards. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Are we to always be looking at scripture and see it through that lens of pointing to Jesus or to something else? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I'm not one of these guys. I mean, the, the mission the, the vision statement of our church is mm-hmm. Jesus famous. So if there right. was ever a guy who could slip into thinking like every single passage in the Bible has to directly tie back into Jesus, it would be me. Like I'm prone <laughs> to want that and yeah. I desire that. And um, there are plenty of passages that I probably see Jesus in that plenty of other people hmm. don't see Jesus in. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't think that every single word or chapter in the bible has to be a direct line straight Mm -hmm. to like this is i think you can preach the gospel from almost every chapter in the bible Mm -hmm. but uh you know i i I don't uh, there are you don't have to just respond to every question with well jesus came and died Mm -hmm. on the cross for your sins you know there there are things that people want to know about that that they want to ask about you asked about street witnessing earlier that one of the great benefits of it uh, is, I mean, obviously you hope people would become Christians and I'm sure that can happen from time to time. But one of the great things that happens is that questions come up that you won't know the answer to that. You're going to have to go out and study and think. 
and uh, be able to go back and explain. And, and here's the thing, Christian, somebody needs to explain the Bible to the people that are in your life. I heard a st- statistic recently that from a recent, I, f- I think it was a Gallup poll that they did where 70% of people said, I would love for someone to invite me to go to church. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 70%. And if you are mm-hmm. in a church like ours, that's a Bible teaching church, that's a great kind of church oh, to yeah. invite somebody to because what's going to happen is they're going to realize, oh, wow, these people are actually like thinking about mm. a text, trying to see what it says and what it means yeah. and what it says for their lives today. Uh, they're, they're, whether I believe it or not is yeah. one thing, but, but they can interact with like what scripture is actually saying. But beyond that, there's going to be so many times where you just need to be ready to explain mm. the Bible to somebody. So couple of resources that I would mm-hmm. give. One would just be my own website. You know, I haven't taught through every chapter of the whole Bible, but I've taught quite a bit of the Bible in audio form. And that's all there at nateholdridge.com or in whatever podcast player you, mm-hmm. you use. I also have written about a lot of different sections and verses in God's word and on a lot of different subjects. I just queued up and, and got ready my 500th article. Uh, the other day. So I'm just chugging along, you know, so there's a lot there, but another incredible resource and much more incredible than what, than, uh, what I've got going at this point. But, uh, a friend of mine, David Guzik, he has a website called enduringword.com, enduringword.com. And there he, David has recently completed a, and, uh, his commentary and explanatory notes on every single chapter in the whole Bible. Dang, man. So that's a great place to go yeah. to just take a look at, you know, what is what does this passage mean? How can I explain this? How can I point people to the mm-hmm. Lord with it? Do a little bit of learning. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what Philip had. He was a man of the word, man of the spirit. God had grown his life and he was ready. <clears throat> But, but I, I guess the, the point that I was really trying to make here with this one is people need help understanding yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Just, just, just think that they're automatically going to understand it or that somehow they are resistant to the Lord because they don't believe the Bible right off the bat. That's, that's a misnomer. Yeah. You know, they need help understanding the Bible. And here's the other thing. Um, I don't know if you're going to bring this one up or not, but I, yeah. I know one of the points I made it. was that the scripture connects with people's personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was just reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, he was just reading the Bible and encouraging people to do that. You know, hey, I, I don't know if you believe or not, but would you consider reading this book of the Bible? Yeah. Just telling Done me what you before, think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be willing to talk with you about it. I think that can be really helpful. Part of the reason I say it connects with people's personal experiences is because in that chunk of Isaiah, including in Isaiah 53, but before and after, there are different things that seem to be talking about mm-hmm. somebody whose generation is cut off. Yeah. And the eunuch, yeah. obviously, like he would connect with that. Like, I'm not, yeah. I don't have any offspring, I don't have any children. So he probably would have connected with that. So just getting people to interact with the Bible and then being available to explain, you know, what they're reading from your vantage point as best you understand is really helpful. You don't have to say mm-hmm. like, so believe right now, you know, but to just say yeah. like, well, okay, that's what you read. This is 
what we think that means. Yeah. And then just see how it hits them. Hmm. It's so good, man. I was going to go right into that portion of the article. I thought this is a really great point about scripture that it connects with people's experiences. I know for me, with my background, my experiences, going to God's word, man, God has just spoken so much truth into the areas of confusion in my life or insecurity. And it seems like like you're mentioning that this eunuch read God's word and really related to um, what he was reading. Um, can you give an example, Nate, maybe how this can continue to work itself out today, whether in your life or somebody else's life that's listening to this? Sure. I mean, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. What, here's what here's what I'm going to do. I can see we're getting close to the end of our our episode, and I stole your your last uh, your last point that you no. wanted to get to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna close with the the last point from okay. the article. Sounds good. This is what I said. Try to dream about this. my what might happen if you said yes. I love this. Try to dream about what might happen if you said yes. The reason I want to share this one is twofold. I think that we can all just imagine how somebody might be reading through mm-hmm. the Bible and come across something that interacts with their own experience. It's oh, true. the woman yeah. at the well divorced multiple times. Mm-hmm. I connect with that. Or here's the yeah. broken family. I connect with that. Or here's the guy who fell and failed a lot. I connect yeah. with that. It's a lot of times the narratives, the stories that are there that people yeah. connect with. Mm-hmm. But this last thing, just in kind of closing... You know, Philip had a decision to make when the angel spoke to him and asked him to go. But that wasn't his first move at all. Mm. The first move, the first time you hear about him is way back in Acts chapter 6 when word goes out, hey, we're looking for seven guys, you know, Mm. good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom. Uh all right, well, what's the job? Well, you know, there's these widows in the church. There's kind of been a little bit of a kerfuffle over this daily distribution of money. So we just need some guys that are, you know, some basic arithmetic. They'll be faithful to deliver this money to these women uh, at the right time, you know, faithfully. Hmm. And, you know, honestly, like Philip could have heard that and said, you know, Plenty of people can do that. That's uh, That doesn't sound very exciting. Um, doesn't really sound like real Holy Spirit mm. kind of thing. And I think God's got a bigger plan for my life, more for yeah. me to do. But instead he said yes. And that yes turned into, for, first of all, him being ultra faithful totally. with that work. That That's actually, to tell you the truth, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I think that those guys were the first deacons, because mm. listen to this description of deacons um, at the end of qu- the qualifications for deacons in First Timothy 3. It says, those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ mm. Jesus. So what he's saying there is when the deacons serve the Lord faithfully and well and like kind of go above and beyond, yeah. one of the things that they get is a good standing. Yeah, cool. for sure. But another thing they get is great confidence hmm. in the faith. So yeah, I think that what ha- I think that's what Philip 
went through. He's faithfully served. And as he faithfully served, he was getting a good rep in the church, but also God was giving him boldness. Mm -hmm. He was giving him confidence. And that confidence turned into a revival in Samaria and turned into an opportunity to go down into the desert to minister to this guy. And then to get translated to Azotos and then move up to Caesarea Philippi and live there with his kids, with his four daughters. I mean, just an amazing story. He's in scripture, but he did have a decision to make, yes Mm -hmm. or no. It was a real small thing, you know, tantamount to we need people to work in the parking ministry. I mean, it was kind of on that kind of level. And he said yes, and that just like one thing led to another Mm -hmm. as he faithfully served. And so I think it's cool for people to step back and say like, you know, so, so often we we fear what will happen if we say yes, yes. but maybe fear right. what might happen if you say no totally. and That's dream good. about what might happen if you say yes to something that the Lord is inviting you into, a, a, an opportunity that he's trying to bring you into. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.